And I think that's kind of what we have to understand is that it's always happening. Cause sometimes people are like, how do I start manifesting? It's like, no, you, you've always manifested, but it's how do you consciously start to choose what you want to create, right? And create more of that in your life and create less of what you don't want. Hey everyone, and thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Her to Find. How are you? How's it going? What's new with you? I have had a crazy past few weeks. I had the luxury of traveling to Vancouver last week, and it was so beautiful. I've been to other parts of BC, but I have never been to Vancouver. And if I'm being honest, it did something for me. I always forget that BC is in Canada because it's just breathtaking. Like there are so many great places to visit, such good food, good coffee, a lot of nature experiences, nature-oriented experiences, but also that city lifestyle. It is really just an incredible place to be. And it's honestly nothing compared to Ontario. Maybe that's because I've grown up in Ontario. But if you ever have the choice to go to Ontario or to go to BC, please just go to British Columbia. You will thank me later. (laughs) I am very excited for you to hear Deandra Nicolette today because she is so inspiring and relatable at the same time. And she's really not like any other content creators out there. You know, there's a lot of content creators that post thousands of stories. I'm being a little dramatic, but they post a lot of stories and I will probably watch like two or three of them and then skip to the next. With Deandra, I will sit and watch and listen to all of her stories. They are so interesting, thought-provoking, real, vulnerable, and authentic. Deandra Nicolette is a marketing professional, entrepreneur, and host of the Manifest Daily podcast. She spent her first few years working at amazing companies in their marketing departments, learning the ins and outs of leveraging social media to achieve business goals. She's worked alongside amazing thought leaders at major brands such as TripAdvisor and Dunkin' Donuts. In her trending and steadily growing podcast, The Manifest Daily, she provides listeners with all the energy and support needed to return to their highest self and live their best lives. Honestly, go and listen to one episode and you will be hooked. I found Deandra in a time of need and when I felt extremely alone and throwing on one of her episodes just made me feel connected and like she was right there in the room cheering me on. If you are more interested in Deandra's backstory and want to know more about what she does, take a listen to The Manifest Daily and listen to episode 42. In this episode, Deandra and I are chatting about her take on being an entrepreneur while still working the typical nine to five. Deandra shares what social media trends are worth the hype, and she also breaks down manifestation and highlights key tools and resources to improve your manifestations. And she discusses what might be causing you to block your own blessings. Okay. So let's start off with what has been your defining moment this past week. So this could be something good, something bad, but it's something that has shaped your week. Yeah. So I definitely feel like this week I had a defining moment uh, related to imposter syndrome. So I, when I started my current uh, nine to five role, I was facing a lot of imposter syndrome. I feel like we often can face it when we start a new job in general, even if we're like, 
used to the industry and things like that. Like I'm used to the industry. I work in marketing, but I started a new role that was like more of a leadership role. And so of course, imposter syndrome, you know, like showed up and was like, Hey, how are you? I was like, I'm, I'm doing well. Thanks. Um, but I had, I feel like I had kind of not fully gotten over it in the past couple of weeks, but I had found a way to really cope with it and kind of deal with that. And it reared its ugly head again this week. And it was just kind of coming back in a really strong way. And it was kind of putting me in this place where I was feeling um, I was, I was basically practicing a lot of self-sabotaging behavior. Like I was procrastinating. I was kind of like taking a while to get back to emails. I wasn't speaking up about things like all that stuff. And I had to kind of sit down and have this honest conversation with myself about exactly how I got to this role, exactly what I have done in my role so far, and just kind of like tackle that imposter syndrome. And I remember just kind of like sitting here and being like, wait a second. Like I deserve to be here. Like there's a reason I got this job. There's a reason that, you know, compared to all the other candidates, they picked me for this position and I deserve to be here. And I really had to have that conversation with myself and really just kind of like start over. Um, and it was a really cool defining moment because I feel like not the imposter syndrome is never going to come for me again. Like we know it's life. It comes up all the time, but I do feel like in terms of my job and my role, um, I feel like I have a good way of like dealing with it now when it pops up again and like how to kind of have that conversation with myself and what questions to ask myself and what answers are sufficient enough to make me feel like, okay, I got this. Like I'm not an imposter. I actually, you know, I'm showing up well in my roles. So let's dive in a little bit more about your nine to five, because you talk a little bit about it in the manifest daily, but not too much. If you want to talk a little bit about what you do, what you specialize in, and also what's your take on working a full-time job while pursuing other passions on the side? Yeah. So um, I'm the director of social media and brand engagement at a travel media company. And what that basically means is I just manage the entire uh, social media team and email marketing team. So just kind of like thinking high level strategy, making sure that just day-to-day tasks um, pertaining to our social media, growing our social media are done, uh, working with other brands on partnerships to help grow our social media or our following or to bring in more revenue for the company, basically all that good stuff. So it's within marketing, but it has that like special focus on social media. And then obviously email, since that now falls under uh, my team's wheelhouse. So that's basically what I do on a day-to-day basis. And it is definitely a very hearty full-time job, a hearty nine to five, (laughs) but it's also really cool because it's remote. And because I'm in this leadership position, I have a lot of autonomy. So I get to really, um, and my team does as well. Like the, the entire company culture is like that, like where it's really about, it's so nice. It's about like getting your work done. That's kind of how I lead like my team. I don't really care. Well, I like people to work kind of the same business hours as me so that I can, you know, if I need to like message them or something, like I can do that. But really it's like, get your work done. If you happen to be super efficient and get something done before the end of the day and you like chill for the rest of the day, like I truly don't care as long as that thing is done. So that's kind of how that works. And in terms of balancing, 
you know, a nine to five with a side project, a side hustle, anything like that. I am such a huge fan of that. I think that a lot of people kind of look down upon it. It's almost like we think that entrepreneurship means that you have to be 100% in your business and not necessarily working a nine to five. I don't agree with that. I think I used to at one point have that thought process and it's since evolved for me. And I think that what's really cool is that if you can find a nine to five that you like and that, um, that teaches you skills because in my current position, I'm learning a lot of leadership skills. I'm learning a lot about strategy. I'm learning a lot about how to grow a massive audience online. And that's obviously going to help me in my side hustles and my side projects. Right. But it also has this added bonus of helping to fuel my projects financially. And if we're being honest out here, a lot of people go into entrepreneurship full time and they are willing to kind of do the grind, like they're willing to cut their expenses. They're willing to do all these things. And I'm going to be completely honest with you. I like getting my nails done. I like getting my facials. (laughs) I like living in a nice apartment. So for me, I'm like, I would rather prioritize those things above like, you know, getting out of the nine to five because my job right now is chill. Like it's not bothering me. So I'm like, as long as it's not bothering me, like I have no problem with it. So, and it's fueling my other projects. So I get to take, you know, the time but also the money that I earn from my nine to five and reinvest it into myself and my growth and my business as well, my different ventures. So I think it's really cool that way. So I feel like if you have a nine to five that you actually like, that's able to teach you skills that you can use in your um, business. I feel like it's, it's such a good trade-off because like a lot of times to, you know, at your job, you're going to conferences or you may be able to like get certain things paid for through your job and like be able to like really learn and almost kind of treat your job as like an internship in a way, like to bridge that gap between whatever the big vision is for your business and what you're currently doing in your nine to five. Can you tell us what you think makes a good brand as well as a strong social presence? Yes. So I have a couple, I I wrote notes for this one so I can remember, Um, but I just put down consistency with your voice, your values, aesthetics, obviously, and offerings. And that's just kind of like how I view a good brand. I think consistency and a streamlined brand is really important because if you have a brand where like maybe your aesthetics and your values and your offerings are totally off, like everything seems very disconnected, it's going to be hard for someone to like look at your brand name, look at your, like whatever your brand is supposed to represent and kind of piece the dots together. Consistency across all those different things like really helps people to see whatever your brand is and know what you stand for and have that like brand recognition It's the same way that we remember like the big brands and what they stand for. It's the same way when we think of like Starbucks and Dunkin' and Nike, like we can, even if we don't necessarily have the words at the, like the tip of our tongue to express what the values of those brands are, we know, like we know Nike's like all about like powerful athletes and like you know, uh, Starbucks is all about just like the creatives and working actually Apple is more like the creatives and being Mm -hmm. outside of the box and things like that. But you kind of like have an idea of what the brands stand for and what they value, because we've seen it over and over, like within the colors they use, within the words they use, within the type of people they hire, like all of these different things are consistent across the board. So I feel like consistency is a huge thing. And that obviously plays into social as well. So like, 
if you're trying to grow some sort of social media presence for your personal brand or your product business or service business, it's having that consistency and one in showing up online. Right. But then two, and when you show up online, like what are you saying and how are you coming across? If one day you're showing up and you're like super peppy and bubbly and the next day you're coming, showing up and you're like very like conservative and like, it's just a disconnect. It's very confusing. Like people are like, what, what am I getting today? Like, I don't understand what's happening here. You know what I mean? Like, who is she? So, and, and so really it's just like, again, the consistency. And I feel like that can go across the board for all of those different things. What social media trends are overrated and not worth your time? Oh, I, let's see. Honestly, I feel like the trend that I feel like is overrated is sometimes following the trends. If that is a trend, well, it is a trend, obviously, but I feel like, okay. So when it comes to trends, right. Cause I'm thinking specifically about, let's talk about TikTok, right. You know how like they're the trending songs and the trending dances and everyone's dancing their life away. I don't really dance very well. So <laughs> I don't like to sit here and try to like learn these little dance things because it just doesn't, it doesn't bode well for me, but there are also a lot of people on the platform who haven't danced their life away and have grown their platform simply because they've shown up and they've done what they do best, whether that's talk, whether that's sing, whether that's make jokes, like cook, whatever they've shown up and they've done their thing. So I feel like a lot of people think like, oh, I have to do this trend. I have to like wear the mom jeans. I need to do the dances. I need to be having this certain aesthetic. Like this is in, this is in. And it's like, if you're constantly following like what's in, I feel like sometimes you can miss the boat on what you actually want to do. For example, like right now, I know like supernatural skin and stuff like that is in, and it almost feels like I used to watch YouTube back in the day when it was like all the makeup gurus and all the beauty stuff. And like, I don't know if you've seen, but Tati is back. You know who Tati, Glam Life Guru? Yeah. Yeah. So she's back, right? And I feel like she's bringing back that old school YouTube with the makeup and like the reviews and all the things, right? But imagine if she were to be like, oh, like no one's wearing makeup anymore. Like, let me stop doing my reviews. Like, because everyone's all about like, you know, no makeup and eyelash extensions now. Like imagine if she just decided to not do what she does best. Like that would kind of suck for those of us who actually love her content. So yes, like obviously trends play a part in you know, the possibility of you going viral and things like that. But I also think if you just kind of do what you do best and like do what actually makes you happy, you're going to be happier creating the content and doing the thing. And you have a better chance of really like going viral or just like showing up for the right people because the right energy is there for you. You're not forcing yourself to do something that feels awkward to you. You're just doing something that's authentic to you. 100%. I literally was just about to say it's about like being authentic in your own little niche. Yeah. Like don't abandon yourself to like, you know, do the, cause then if you blow up and you're just doing all these things that you don't really like, then it's really awkward because you got to keep it up. And now you're like, now you've trapped yourself in this cycle of doing something you hate because now like millions of people are watching you. Like that's like a personal hell. (laughs) Like, yes, it's very stressful. In your most recent episode of your podcast, you talked about your goal of breaking into four different revenue streams. So can you talk more about those and your advice to listeners who are balancing multiple jobs or passions? Yes. So in that episode, I kind of just outlined a bunch of different goals. So from 
uh, financial goals to this goal, obviously of like the income streams and things like that. And I want to like preface that with exactly what I said in that episode about when it comes to income streams, I think a lot of people think like, oh, if it's an income stream, it has to be making like thousands of dollars a month. Yes, obviously that's the goal. Like, and even more than that, that would be lovely. But I also think we have to remember we all start somewhere. So an income stream can start as little as like a dollar a month. If it's making you a dollar consistently, that's an income stream. And obviously you can grow it from there to dollar, a hundred, a thousand, whatever. So I talked about the, these four and one of them I already have, which is lovely. My nine to five, that's kind of like my main stream of income. I mean, source of income, I consider like my nine to five, like my big client. I used to freelance. And so now instead of having multiple clients, I have one big client. Um, and then I also am studying a skincare brand or restarting a skincare brand. So that is one that I want to grow. There's content creation. So I've kind of lumped podcasting and YouTube under that bucket of content creation and also like possibly Instagram. We'll see about that one. And then, um, and then book sales. So I want to write a book and then obviously I want to sell the book. So, uh, this would be like an ebook or something self-published and yeah, so that those are kind of the four streams of income that I'm focused on for the next 16 months and basically planting the seeds for all of those or for three of those, cause one is already done. And then basically cultivating that and growing those streams of income to, you know, be as full and blossomed as they can possibly be. Mm-hmm. That's so exciting. And congrats. Thank you. If, if someone were to say, oh, I'm trying to break out into four revenue streams, it's quite a hearty goal. Yes, it is. And it's not because if you like think about again, just the dollar, right? Because I think when we think that it's a hearty goal, we're thinking like, oh, she's trying to make like a hundred thousand dollars a month, like by tomorrow, like no, I'm trying to plant these seeds because you, we have to start somewhere. So even if it's something like by the time my skincare launches, if one person buys a product, that's already a stream of income. Like I've made money, right? Well, mm-hmm. I'll, well, actually, no, I haven't because I, I need to break even from, from the cost, <laughs> but okay, let's, you know, let's pretend I've broken even now and now, yeah. now it's a stream of income. So, so yeah, so it is hardy, but at the same time, like if you look at it in, in the sense of just $1, right. It, it really seems a little bit more attainable and achievable. And I think sometimes you got to like break our big goals down into that perspective to see that we actually can do it. And it's not so far away for us. Let's go back a little bit because you said last year you felt stretched too thin between all the clients that you were managing. And as well as you weren't seeing the satisfying money or financial component out of it because you were also charging them so little. So if you could one, tell yourself any sort of piece of advice to, or redo that or relive that moment again, or if you can tell listeners on the best way to price their services, if they're freelancing. Yeah. So I would say just like, again, go back to the facts. I think for me, I kept focusing on this whole idea of like, I'm new, right. To freelancing. And so that's kind of where I had this whole idea that I needed to charge a lower amount for my services because I felt like I'm new, But the fact of the matter is I wasn't new to marketing. I wasn't new to the type of work I was doing. I wasn't new to the strategy. I wasn't new to any of it. I was bringing results. I was doing certain things. And I was, and honestly, I don't like to play the comparison game, but like if I did look at stuff that my clients had gotten from previous 
folks they'd worked with, it wasn't at the caliber that I was at, but they were charging more. So I feel like really ask yourself those questions. If you are very new, like say you're new to a certain field that you're going into, like for example, say it is marketing and social media marketing, and you are a new social media manager or whatever the case may be, like be honest with yourself then too. Like maybe you do start a little bit lower, but then raise your prices as you go. Like allow yourself to build your portfolio in turn. If you have to like build up your own account and use that on your portfolio. Like basically the whole idea is that if you can drive results, like you can charge more. Right. And if you're starting off and you haven't driven results for someone and you want to kind of like come out the bat and be charging like all this money, then you might find that there's a disconnect between you feeling like you deserve that money because you know you haven't really driven results versus if you have the the progression of starting and driving results again even if it is for your own personal account and you can show that to someone you can prove return on investment and you can justify your cost and if the person doesn't want to pay for your services but you can justify the cost of your services then find another person there are a lot of people out here who want quality things for cheap and it's really unfortunate because it's like that doesn't go together <laughs> It really doesn't. Like, have we seen the cost of Chanel bags? Like, let's not do this. Like, let's not have this conversation. So I feel like if you find and encounter that person who doesn't want to pay what you're charging and you know you can justify your costs, you know you've done your research, you know you have proven results, like all of these things, find someone else. And it's definitely hard, I think, when you are fully into freelancing and that is your bread and butter. And that's why I go back to what I said at the beginning uh, where I'm saying, if you need to get a nine to five, or if you need to get a part-time job to sustain yourself, I would say do that if you have to, because it prevents you from taking on really cheap clients for the sake of needing the money. If you know your bills are paid, if you know your rent is paid, if you know you don't have to worry about eating tomorrow, you can say, mm, I'm good to that client who like wants to be cheap. And you can, you can take your time finding that quality client because sometimes it does take a little bit more time to find the quality client. But once you do, they're going to be the ones that are actually paying you like a good chunk of money. They're going to be the ones that actually give you the autonomy to test and practice your strategy and really build up your portfolio. Cause then next time you go to another client, you can charge even more because you've done all of this stuff with this other client. So it really is like that progression piece, but just kind of like have that honest conversation with yourself and know where you are starting out. Like, no, if it's a newer industry for you, or if you've been in the industry for a while and kind of use that, do research also. Um, if you need to ask other people in the field, what they're charging to kind of get a feel, uh, I would also say like glass door is really great, especially if you're, uh, if you're looking at specifically like nine to five salaries, look on glass door, see what people are charging in your area for your role, for how many years they've been in your role for the area and allow yourself to price your services competitively. Cause even if you are going into nine to five, you're still a service provider and you're charging a rate. You can command your rate. If they don't want to pay your salary, you can find someone else who will. And I guarantee you another job will pay your salary. What is manifestation? Oh, it's really just the bringing something or taking something from an idea in your head mm-hmm. and bringing it to life. Like that's, that's literally what I see it as is just bringing something from idea to actual physical thing that you are experiencing or seeing or having in your life. So when does a vision board come in handy with manifestation and what are your tips to creating a powerful and useful vision board? Yeah. I think a vision board comes in handy. If you're a visual person, 
uh, if you're not like, don't force yourself to try to make a vision board. Cause then <laughs> we're going back to that whole thing where we're trying to like do trendy things. Cause we think we should do them. No, just do what feels good to you. I'm very much a visual person. Like I love the way things look. I'm very much, I love like eye pleasing, eye catching things. So for me, making a vision board is very on par with the way that I like to learn. It's on par with the way that I like to experience life. Um, I also love to write. So I love to script as well. Maybe you're much more of a writer and you like to script. Maybe you're much more of someone who likes like certain rituals and things like that. Like just kind of find what jives for you. And if you are that visual person, or maybe if you don't even know if you are, so like maybe test out making a vision board and see like, does this feel good? Do I like this? Like, would I want to keep doing this? Like, and if it doesn't then try something else. Um, and I would say in terms of like creating a powerful vision board, the biggest thing I would say is to customize it. I like, we love the old method of like grabbing a magazine and cutting things out. Like, you know, it's giving me 1990s is what it's, it's doing for me. And we love it. It's retro, right? But I also think we're in 2021 now. We have access to Canva. We have access to an iPhone or an Android or I don't know what other types of phones there are, but like an other phone, you know, like we have access to the technology to customize these things. So um, customization really allows you to make a powerful board because it's so unique and specific to you we can all go out and get like an in-style magazine or a food network magazine and cut out the same picture. But if you and I decide to make a board and you make something, you customize your image on your board and I customize my image, they're going to be totally different images that are very, very specific to each of our visions for what we see for our lives. It takes a little bit of extra time, obviously, to do this, but I feel like it is worth it. I do think you can make kind of like two different boards. So my most recent vision board was actually one that's like a little bit more generic. And I did this because I wanted to make an aesthetically pleasing board. And that's kind of something I wanted to hang in my office to kind of like match my office vibe. So I went on to Pinterest. I went on to Unsplash. I even went on to Canva and found images that were like the vibe of what I wanted. So I found a picture of like Bora Bora because I'm trying to go to Bora Bora. I found a picture of... Uh, um, I almost said a Maserati girl. I don't want a Maserati. They're, they're great. Love them for you guys, but I don't want one. I want a Mustang GT, find a Mustang GT, like love it. Put that on there. So like, I found more like generic versions of things. I think like, um, I, I put like a picture of a wedding setting on there for, you know, my man that's coming in, like just things like that, you know, love, it. Yes. love that. Right. So very more so generic, but I also have another board. Um, this is actually part of like my phone vision board where I have customized it. So I literally went in and like screenshot like part of my YouTube and put like the number of subscribers or like I've done ones in the past where I like go into my bank account and I screenshot my bank account and I put it into Canva and then I like cover up the number of how much money I have and put like a new number on there. Yes. I've even done one recently. Oh my gosh, this like it's crazy how like these come true. Like I had one when I was in Jersey where I screenshot uh, Apple top podcast and I put my podcast cover on it. And guess who was sitting at top podcast next to Joel Austin. I think I was number five or something one day, like right besides Joel Austin. I think he was number four. And that is exactly the placement I had it on when I screenshot. Cause I was like, I don't, I don't like, I don't know why I was like, I don't know if I want to be number one, but let me put like a high enough number where I'm like still in the super top. And literally like, 
it's crazy. So that's how you can customize stuff like that. Like screenshot stuff on your phone, like your bank account, your, your YouTube channel and put like a number over the subscribers. Like what's some more stuff you can do. You can, um, take a picture of like your home. Like, say you're trying to manifest a certain couch and like get a picture of the couch and like paste it into your living, like get really creative with it and have fun. And just customize it. And you can literally make two types of boards, but I feel like it's good to almost have two different types. I, again, I do love a good aesthetic board to like go in the office or your bedroom or someplace where you want just kind of like the vibes. Right. And then something that's a little bit more customized when you're like, girl, I'm manifesting this exact amount of money or like whatever specific scenario is going to do it for you. And so then for each vision board, how long would you say that they that you use them for, or just use them until you feel like you're not connected to them anymore, or you want to switch it up. Exactly. That last one, like literally until you want to switch it up. Like again, when I moved from Jersey to Dallas, like my board before was like, I don't even think I, did I do like a yearly board and might've done like a yearly board or something. But when I moved here, it wasn't a year since that board was made, but I wanted to make a new board. So it was kind of like, new space, new city, new me. I want a new board. Um, and then also too, I pretty much manifested everything that was on the old board. Like I had a YSL wallet on there. I had the top podcast. I had a certain number in my bank account. I had, um, I had a certain car. I had my office. The only thing I didn't manifest from that was this, um, Oh my gosh. It's, I feel like it sounds very, what's the word? Like not, it's not shallow you guys. Cause I do like nice things here. I'm a tourist. Okay. But I have this like Me Louis too. belt bag. We love good quality items. Yes. Yes. But I didn't manifest that simply because I ended up getting a different belt bag. So I could have gotten that, but like, I just changed my mind, but pretty much everything on the board was also manifested anyway. So I was like time for a new one. And this time when I did my board, I actually did like I guess, you know, we as humans can say these are bigger goals, but to God, to the universe, the size is not a thing. Like we think they're so big and they could take years. Like now they don't, they could be, they could happen tomorrow. They can happen in five years. Like we don't really know time. is not an issue. It's not a thing, but the ones on the most recent board, like the, the home I put, the car, I put the wedding, um, all these things, they feel a little bit bigger because typically like those are things where I'm just like, I don't know, am I going to have a wedding next year? I'm very single right now. So I don't know, God, you let me know what's happening. I'm totally ready. If you want to send that Mustang, like I am so here for it, you know, but, um, but those are kind of like the bigger ones, I guess I would say on that board, but yeah, just kind of like whenever you feel like switching it up, um, or when you've manifested everything on your board and you're like, clearly I need a new board right now. Tell us about your current favorite go-to affirmations. Oh, yes. I wrote these down. So I say this pretty much like every night and also before I go out. So I'd say, I love to say I am protected. I am just sometimes like, you know, when you, when you're going to bed, sometimes I'll have like dreams. For example, if I have like a nightmare one night, or if I feel uneasy when I wake up, I just kind of don't like that feeling. So I love to say that I'm protected before I go to sleep. Um, and I love to kind of affirm that I'll have a peaceful and blessed sleep and 
I typically sleep lovely throughout the night when I say that. I also like to say when I go out too, and I also wear this black uh, tourmaline ring or tourmaline. I'm not trying to pronounce that, <laughs> but I do wear um, a ring when I go out. And sometimes I take these like these plant medicine empath drops when I go out simply because there's a lot of energy and people, especially like going to the grocery store and things like that. And when you're around a lot of people, it's just like a lot of energy. So I like to kind of protect myself in that way and just kind of set up an energetic barrier. Um, especially sometimes I'll go out to eat by myself and stuff like that. I kind of have a way of like, if I am in the mood to chat with people, I'll kind of like, you know, energetically have myself open for conversation versus if I'm not, I'll kind of close off and just kind of set that barrier up. I also have another one. Um, I attract limitless abundance. I talk about this all the time. Like abundance isn't just money. It's basically an overflow of whatever, right? It's like you have enough, but you have more than enough and you can use that more than enough to give to others. I love this. Um, I feel like whenever I personally experience an overflow of something, I just love to give. I'm that person. I love to like give people money. I love to buy people gifts. I love to be like, girl, I'm taking you out and treating you to lunch. Like I'm that person. So I love to affirm this to myself because I know that when I am in a state of overflow, it's not like I'm just here in a gluttonous state, like eating up, eating more than I can handle. I'm giving to others as well. So it's beneficial for me to be in overflow because it helps the world. It helps other people. And the last one is I'm always in the right place at the right time. I love to say this because I feel like nothing is a coincidence. Everything is divine timing. Everyone that you meet, everything that you come into contact with, it's like, like you literally, if you sit here and think about like, you have to like leave your house at a specific certain time to like get in this specific certain traffic to get into this specific certain place at this specific time to bump into this person. Like it is literally down to the second or not even the second, like what is small, a millisecond? Yeah. It literally is so precise. So I love to kind of just like remind myself that because it just really helps you to see that there's so much at play. Like we're making these decisions on this bigger level, kind of bumbling. We're almost like these bees, like bumbling about going about our business, but there's so much happening on this divine level. Um, and it's just like cool to kind of remember that and understand how intricate everything is and how connected everything is and how it's like so much bigger than yourself. You know, mm-hmm. I love that last one. I'm going to add that and start saying that. Cause I do believe that too. Like I, I've never really, well, recently never really stopped believing in things just happening. There's no such thing as a coincidence. So for those that are, don't believe in manifestation and are still listening to this, can you give an example of when you manifested a dream or a goal and how you made it happen? You talked about a few examples previously, but if you have another great example. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, it's interesting that someone doesn't believe in manifestation, (laughs) but they're listening to this episode. So I would say you subconsciously do, but also, uh, we're all always manifesting, right? So if you go back to that definition of like taking something from thought, put it, bring it to life reality, we do that all the time. Like, cause I think people sometimes hear the word manifestation and they start to think like people in, in like a closet with a cauldron, like chanting things. <laughs> I don't know what they think. I really don't know what's happening, but it is, a, it's creation. It's literally creation. It's, it's birthing. It's, if you've ever had an idea and you've made something happen, you've manifested, you've created, you've birthed something, right? Um, and I think that's kind of what we have to understand is that it's always happening. Cause sometimes people are like, how do I start manifesting? It's like, 
No, you, you've always manifested, but it's how do you consciously start to choose what you want to create, right? And create more of that in your life and create less of what you don't want, right? That's kind of what we want to start doing. So a really cool example, oh, I love this one is, so my current car, I actually manifested my current car. So when I was still in Jersey, I think it was like right before I left. I want to say it was like maybe January. Actually, yeah, I think it was probably January because I remember at this point I was thinking about Dallas. I think I had like either booked my trip to go visit or something around Dallas. But I wrote this note in my phone. And basically what I did when I wrote the note is I was imagining that I was posting a picture on Instagram and I was writing a caption because sometimes I go into my notes app. And I write captions for my Instagram posts, like when I'm feeling inspired. So I went into the notes app and I was just writing this caption as if I was telling everyone about my new car. So I was like, oh my gosh, like I, you know, manifested this new car. And I was describing the car. Like I described the year. I was like, it's a 2021 white SUV. I was like, um, I walked into the dealership. I didn't have to put any money down. I got my car. I leased my car for less money than I pay for my current car. Um, I was like, I got such a good deal. The salesman was amazing. Like I wrote all this stuff down of what happened. Right. And then I, at first I remember I was trying to like, see if I could like get this car in Jersey and then it just, just things weren't adding up. And so I saw, I let it go. I was like, okay, this is not happening now. I'm literally about to move to Dallas. Like whatever. I'll leave sure. it alone. So I get to Dallas and I think it had been like maybe a month or two that I was here when one day I was just like, at home in my office and I started to look up cars and I ended up on like the Hyundai website and mm-hmm. I'm like looking it up. And then I like, you know, when they make you like fill out the thing of like what car you want, but yeah. like they ask for your email and phone number. And yeah. so I like put down, I was like 2021, like this car, whatever, whatever, white. And I just like put the thing in and then I get an email from this guy and he's like, I work at the, the Hyundai, like, you know, you're in the market, whatever. And I literally, I hit him back. I'm like, Hey, um, I have a lease already. I love my car. I am not getting a new car unless it's like literally less than what I pay now. So, um, he's like, come in, let's have a chat. So I go into the, the, you, you know, so I, but I'm chill because I literally like, there was no attachment to this because at the time, my, my car, my old Honda, I really loved, like, I truly loved that car. And so it wasn't like, I was like, I need to get rid of this. Like, I didn't care. I was like, all right, I have some time this afternoon. I'll come and whatever. So I go in, we're chatting, we're chatting. Long story short, it literally pans out exactly like what I wrote in the thing. Like he was super nice. I didn't pay any money. Um, I ended up getting a newer, bigger, more expensive car for less than I paid for the older yeah. car. Yeah. White SUV, drove it off the lot that day. Like That's so amazing. Literally. And when I tell you, I forgot about the note until I have like a ton of notes on my phone. This is why I forgot about notes. So I'm like scrolling through one day and then I was just like, whatever happens to that note? So I go back and I read the note and I'm like, it is literally verbatim. And the, actually, no, the only thing that was different, there was actually one thing that was different at the time when I like wrote it, I put that I got a 2021 Honda. Cause like at the time I thought I was just going to keep leasing a Honda. Cause I actually really like Honda cars. They drive well and they're mm-hmm. lovely, truly, but I got a Hyundai. So I'm like, that's not far yeah. off. Yeah. The universe was like, uh, let's put an accent on it and like give it to you. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? So it literally, it was like, kismet like it was so perfect and I just didn't push like I literally went in there and I was like I could walk out of here right now and like be totally okay like I don't care 
but if you can give me what I want, I'll take it. <laughs> and then they gave me what I wanted and I took it. So it was, it was awesome. It was totally awesome. So we can get caught up on reflecting or worrying about the future, which unintentionally can cause like stress or even delay or can sometimes block or like we were talking about self-sabotage our manifestations. What's the key to tuning into and remaining within the present? Yeah. So I'd say the biggest thing is like being conscious of when you're not in the present moment. So there are times when we can like choose to not be in the present moment. For example, if you're like visualizing, right. And you're visualizing like a future thing that you're manifesting, that's a time when you're consciously choosing to place yourself in a quote unquote future moment. Right. And you're having like a positive experience with it, like versus having, cause we don't want to like visualize and be like, anxiously visualizing because that's not the vibration we want to be in if we're visualizing we want to be like positively like like oh this is chill this is cool like I love this thing so that's kind of one time when you could be in the non-present moment but you're doing it consciously for like a good cause but if you're noticing like if you're sitting here and you're being conscious and you're noticing like hey I'm worried about the past or I'm worried about the future like literally catching that thought or catching what's going on like catching the process and being conscious of it and being like let me bring it back to the now is like how I do that. And I think oftentimes what happens is like, okay, for example, if I'm sitting here and I'm worried about the future, right? I'm thinking about something possibly going wrong. I can catch the thought. I can be like, okay, well, it hasn't gone wrong. Like, what are some things that I can do now? Is it, is there anything that I can control in this process? Is there any action that I can take? If there's not, there's, you literally have to get, let it go. Like there's nothing you can do. If there, if you've done everything that you can do, that's great. Like sit with that and know that you've done all that you can do. Um, if you haven't done anything, that's also good too. Cause then you can think about what action you can take. So kind of bring it back to the now, like what are, what can I do if there's nothing I can do? Like, let me just let that go because it's not going to do anything. If you worry about it, if anything, it could help. It could just basically make the situation worse because you're panicked about it. And it just, that's not great. And then you get an ulcer and then now you have an ulcer and whatever situation you're worried about. So, and then also with the past, if I'm ever thinking about the past, like I will say like, uh, sometimes I'll kind of be in my current new life in Dallas and be thinking about things in New Jersey or think about, um, what I left in New Jersey, like that whole life of mine that I left behind. And it's kind of like, I sit with that. And instead of feeling like sad about it, I'm kind of like, I like to think about like some of the, I allow myself the time. Like I almost give myself a little time of like, okay, I can think about the good times. I can think about whatever was upsetting to me. I can kind of ask myself like, why was that upsetting? Like, how did I feel going through that? How do I feel now that I know I went through it and I came out on the other side, like I'm alive, I'm okay, I'm blessed, I'm better. Um, and let me let it go. Like, it, th- what am I going to do? Like sit in New Jersey, DeAndre's <laughs> head for the rest of my life? Like, no, I have things to do here. I have a job. I have like food to go eat. I have to, I have my, I got to go get my nails done. Like I cannot sit here, right? I have things to do. So I kind of like give myself that little timer to like, You know, sit with it because a lot of times if we're thinking about the past, we want to process some trauma or we want to process some hurt or we want to process something. So give yourself the time to process, but then be like, okay, well, it's done. Like you cannot change the past. You can't go back. What can you do moving forward to ever address a situation like that that comes up again? If it's something that you wish you acted differently upon, okay, if it comes up again, 
you can act differently. Like you have that option now, right? But you can't go back and act differently because now. So that's kind of how I deal with like the present and the future thinking. That's so valuable. Yeah. And I can definitely relate to being in a situation where you're, I used to look in the past all of the time and like not be happy with where I was in the present time. And like, I have shifted that so drastically in the past year, which I'm really grateful for, but I would always like listen to podcasts and people would be like, well, just don't look at the past because you're not there anymore. But for whatever reason, obviously had to do my own work to, to come to terms with where I am today. But now I can genuinely say, because I've had the time I've given myself the space to really sit there and think about all of the things in the past and feel the feels or think all of the thoughts while still being in the moment and and living my life. But because I've done all of that, I'm no longer looking in the past at all anymore. Like you don't want to, like I have no need to process it. Exactly. Exactly. So that's why you do have to allow yourself time to process it. Cause if you have it, it's going to keep coming up. Cause it's kind of like, okay, you need to like get through this. You can't keep avoiding this. And sometimes I think there are people that have the opposite problem where they don't think about the past. They want to completely avoid it, but it's like, okay, you might have something you got to process there. But once you process it, like sometimes the past will come up for me now. And it's like, instead of being hurt or whatever, I can be like, oh yeah, that was fun. Or like, oh, that was like kind of annoying. Like, oh, glad I don't have to deal with that anymore. All right. Like on to the next, like, you know what I mean? And it's kind of just like a passing thought. For one of the last questions, what else are you currently working on and what are you looking forward to? Yes. So honestly, I'm working on like those streams of income that we talked about. I would say right now I have like a really big focus on just like, actually it's all of them. Cause I was gonna say it's on the content, it's also on the skincare. The skincare has been more on the back burner since the whole, like I'm moving situation, but I would say definitely my content. Like I've been thinking about how I can create better content for the podcast. I've been thinking about how I can diversify my video content on YouTube. I do like, I've been posting these like video podcast episodes and it's kind of interesting because sometimes we think that our audience wants one thing from us only. We kind of put ourselves into this like one thing bucket, but really people kind of want to see more of stuff because I posted other types of videos and they actually got like, some of them got better views than the podcast ones, which makes sense because the podcast ones are long and I feel like YouTube kind of likes shorter videos and, you know, video and attention spans and all that good stuff. But, but yeah, so I, I want to diversify the content there. I want to work on my skincare, launch the skincare, but I feel like overall, I'm just generally working on bettering myself every day, like whatever that means. So it's kind of like little things here and there. I, I work out, I go to the gym, but each time at the gym, um, I have like little personal challenges for myself each week or whatever with like how much I lift and things like that, or the reps that I do to kind of like better myself there. Um, I, since I've moved to Dallas, the food is amazing, but I've like, I've been just doing this thing where I'm eating out a lot. I'm eating out a lot and I don't want to do that anymore. So I'm kind of like trying to work on my diet and not going on a diet because I, I mean, live your life, but I am a Taurus. I love a good uh, ice cream all the time. So I personally, I just want to kind of clean up my diet and just treat my body, my vessel in a better way and kind of honor a little bit more, especially because I want to be, I wanted to be healthy and and be around for a long time. So just kind of like doing little things to better myself every day. Um, and to also listen to my intuition more. I think, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this to you, I may have mentioned, maybe it was you, but 
like sometimes I will be driving and I'll see like angel numbers. And I think a lot of us will see angel numbers over and over and over again. Um, and that kind of gives us a signal to like, look this up if you're seeing the same number all the time. But lately I've been like, I'll see a number and I'll stop. Okay. I have to interrupt you for a second because I have been seeing this one angel number all the time, like the past two weeks and it's 808 and it's literally 808 right now. <laughs> oh oh we love okay did you look it up I did it had something to do with here I can actually look it up right now because I was like I've been seeing it literally every day and not even like on my phone like yeah. random places which is also weird that you just said it yeah every time like when someone says 808 I'm like what wasn't it a song it's like 808 and heartbreak or was that a yes album? yes yeah you know okay you know what I'm talking about Oh, well, this is different. In terms of romantic relationships, the 808 angel number means the relationship you are in or are heading towards is the one that is destined to be. Ah! Yes. <laughs> Come oh my, wait. I'm dying. And it, I think it also has to, I looked it up in more so career terms and it yeah. was like, you're on like the, the right track and um, things are like shifting towards you, which I just started a new job and everything. So that makes sense. Yes. Too. And congrats. I think I like yes, mentioned thanks. this to you on LinkedIn. I gave you yes. congrats over there. So love Thank that you. for you. Yeah. Yes. But sorry to interrupt you because that you're was good, just so weird it's looking that you for said you. it at that moment. It's looking for you. I love that. And see, this is like the confirmation piece, right? Cause like you look up and you see, and it's like, like all the things that had to line up for us to have that conversation at the exact at moment, moment. For you to look at, like, do you know what I mean? Like it had to like line up perfectly. Yes. Um, but I was just going to say that, like, I just been seeing numbers and instead of seeing them multiple times, I'll see one and just be like, you need to look it up. Like that's, it'll happen like that. And so I've been just kind of, I, I feel like my intuition, like my, the, the more you start to listen to your intuition, the more that you are able to discern when it's intuition, when you get a message, because sometimes it's hard. I even have trouble these days. Like sometimes I get a message and be like, am I just, is it my ego being obsessive or is it intuition? <laughs> I'm not sure. Let's sit with that a little bit, but I do feel like that's something I'm getting better every day. And it, I think it's totally and tremendously changed my life because a huge part of that has been the fact that I've taken so many major leaps in my life in the last year that we're all intuitively led and absolutely not logically led at all. So, you know, um, here we are. <laughs> so tell listeners about where they can find you and the manifest daily. Yes. So I, the, so I have a podcast called manifest daily, obviously um, it's on all the things really. So Apple, uh, Spotify, what are the other ones? YouTube, definitely. YouTube. Yeah. YouTube actually, um, on YouTube, I'm just Deandra Nicolette on YouTube. Funny enough. Cause I just have to like brand it that way so that I could post other things besides the podcast and, you know, kind of like diversify over there. Um, and I'm also at the manifest daily on Instagram and then yeah, I'm on Twitter as well, but like, maybe don't follow me on Twitter because all I do is lurk and like retweet like funny things that I find funny. And I don't know. I think maybe you guys share my humor. Maybe you don't. It's very, I don't know. Is my humor dry? It might be dry. Yeah, that's the way I am. So definitely. If you enjoyed today's episode, the best way to support is by liking, following, rating, and reviewing on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I am entirely grateful to those that have already left a review or have reached out to me. And if you're wanting more tips and content from each episode, be sure to follow on Instagram at Podcast. New episodes are released Tuesdays, so turn on your notifications for the platform that you listen to so you don't miss an episode. Oh, 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 o